joke. Well, you know, if I think about it, I never remember the jokes. I just have to like riff. Basically, now, now I'm out of focus. God damn! I what see you at that barbecue. We are live. Oh, I see you got that Barbara Stanwyck filter going again from uh, Bonanza days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Actually, um, I think. Let me see here. I have a I have a special guest for us today. Really? What time? What Wednesday? All right, Hump Day guest. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a special guest. Hold on. I'm trying to find my futures, my Nikkei futures. Where are you? Here? No, here. No. Joe. Yes, sir. Welcome, our guest. Wait, is I can't. I just I'm I'm here today to Joe to talk to you about the fact that I'm buying Binance. I'm going to free it from the clutches of the Chinese government and CZ. I can't tell. Are you Putin or Elon or some combination? <laughs> it's Elon. The if I... you weren't watching on your phone, you'd be able to know. Okay. All right. I see here. I see here. Okay. <laughs> Does it really look like Elon though? Kinda. It does look like it's, a Russian Elon. Yeah, there's something in that. Is it morphing off? Is it running off of your face at all, or is it just yeah, putting well, it, runs, it mimics my mouth. Nice. Oh no, I have. If I look up, and my eyes will open, and it, it mimics the eyes and the eyebrows. <laughs> I'm firing yeah. everybody at Binance and Twitter, well, and I'm going to run the whole fucking thing myself. You should, because you're no longer the world's richest man. Dave no. Chappelle says he's not bringing you to any more shows. Let's bring up that fucking Tesla chart, because that's a fucking train wreck. <laughs> well, wait, what are you down like $80 billion about now, right? Dude, it's, yeah, I, it's, it's brutal. They all want me to come back to fucking work, and I don't give a shit. Just don't give a shit. Hire people, man. I know this guy down in Miami. Um, his name's Brad Nickel. You should hire him to run the show. Drill He's not baby. as obnoxious as you. Drill baby drill. I'm no longer <laughs> give a fuck about the planet. Fuck them all. You're, take, you're taking the boring company and turning it vertical? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you drill, might as well throw in one drill, of those. What, drill. What are those things, those space ladders, those things that go up into space? You might elevator. as well turn the boring. Yeah, elevator. Yeah. So look, turn boring company vertical, drill straight down for oil, and then hook up an elevator all the way up at the same time. That'll go. double your market cap, and you won't be able to deliver anything for 50 years. So you can just keep bullshitting for decades. Look, I'm already drilling down in Tesla. Look, look, we're <laughs> drilling down, way down. I don't think you've quite hit peak oil yet, but uh, maybe another 20 billion. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I'm just going to fire everybody. I don't give a fuck. Fuck them all. Well, you're going to sexually harass them on the way out, though, right? Well, of course. Got to do that. <laughs> I mean, how else am I going to have offspring? I keep fucking everybody that works for me. Yeah, you can't be a plutotarch with a little sexual harassment, right? <laughs> all right. I'm tired of looking at this guy. All right. All right. It was Bring back the real Brad. Bring back the real uh, Brad. I, I know. I know. I'm coming back. Here we go. Here we go. All right. All right. There he is. There All he right. Is. Well, maybe, um, maybe that's where he is. Shit, lots of exciting things today. I mean, you saw that uh, all you know, a pack of influencers get indicted yesterday, right? Or this morning? I don't know. Last no, night. No, I didn't see it yet. Oh wait, my camera. Yeah. Oh, stopped. Yeah, like uh, seven or eight of them. I don't know the scam or what. What was what they were there was doing last week? But oh shit. It's not BitBoy and people like that. It's like a layer da level down from there. Um, okay. So, but of course, everybody in the comments section is like, <laughs> BitBoy must be sweating it, you know, shit like that. Oh, but you know, he's got, he's got lawyer money too. Mm. For everybody, I just realized, you know, majority of our uh, majority of our uh, uh, subscribers are on podcast, and we just did that whole fucking bit. <laughs> Nobody has a fucking clue what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, so Brad was using his sort of uh, fake, fake, what do they call those? Fake, uh, deep fake video deep where fake. it transformed him yeah. into Elon. And so yeah, we were interviewing Elon there. Sort of. <laughs> you got to work on that gut a little bit, buddy. 
Yeah. And we, and we loaded mean, up the Elon chart, and I'm getting way too much sun to be Elon. Yeah, but damn, Tesla is in the shitter. Oh, dude, it's the, I, it's. Well, look, and I'll tell you, uh, what's his name, uh, Gerber? What's what's his name? Um, fuck, one of the biggest holders of Tesla is pissed. Like he's not even holding. He used to be like totally Elon fanboy. He's a moderate Democrat. Um, and, um, and what did he say? Let's say, quote, I'm just going to fire everyone End quote. I think the pod listeners can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, Elon, Elon responded to 17 hours ago. I will make sure Tesla shareholders benefit from Twitter long-term. Wh what are you going to do? Give out shares to the private company? What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I'm sure all the... Well, I don't know which. Oh, wait. Yeah, no. I mean the is the Tesla being a public company. There's certain restrictions there and certain procedures to follow. Of course, you can't just say to your bazillion dollar investor, "Oh yeah, I'll make you good on the Twitter shit." And he's like, "But you're already down eighty percent. What are you going to give me the whole thing?" Exactly. <laughs> he's like, "No, you just got to trust me. You got to trust me, man. You got to trust me." But at this point, how many companies? Yeah, here's Ross, Ross Gerber um, from his firm is uh, Gerber. I don't know if it's Gerber or Gerber. I think it's Gerber Kawasaki. Uh, so he's a big, big, big fucking Tesla holder as well as uh, on behalf of his clients, uh, as well as an Elon fanboy previously. But um, he writes, so SpaceX has, to, SpaceX has to answer to NASA on what's happening with Elon and Gwyn Shotwell is there to assure NASA. No such thing at Tesla. The losses piled up and the BOD is MIA. Board of Directors. Now, uh, well, he's taking heat also. Um, you follow that issue? On, interim CEO. Did you follow that issue on Twitter where they um, supposedly took Ukraine off the list of countries? So now yeah, you know Ukraine is two FA their accounts anymore yeah, or something. I saw that also. So at first I was like pissed off, and then I saw that um, also South Africa disappeared from it. So I'm pretty sure oh. that it's just the numb fucks that he's hired to be the core developers, not knowing how to load the fucking country list properly, but no, it's just incompetence, not malicious. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm leaning that way. <laughs> All right. Leadership. Um, but Peter Zihan said that the impact is this. Um, he, you know, uh, he said 85% of the Ukraine news and expert people reporting out of Ukraine have 2FA on using their phone numbers and they can't log in to Twitter now um, because the phone, the Ukrainian phone numbers are no longer working. So it may be deeper than that. It may be that they are not providing it because their provider isn't providing it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there was an, somebody else was speculating that I guess Crimea has the same, I guess, numbers as Ukraine as far as the prefixes or whatever. So they could technically get in a situation where, because Crimea is a sanctioned country, I guess, where, um, you know, uh, they could get exposure there in interacting, you know, with it. So I think the, but you know, of course, nobody wants to divide it up. I mean, the Ukrainians don't, of course. Right. Um, so, you know, it just doesn't look good if 85% of the Ukrainians now can't get into their accounts yep, after exactly. all the meetings with Putin and all the bitching about Starlink and everything else. Yep. Um, just something to watch. Well, look, you know, um, good news is we're uh, loading up the Patriot missiles. Yeah, I saw that. For Ukraine. Now shit's going to get real. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's going to get real, real quick. Yeah. I mean, particularly now that they've greenlit all those drone strikes on Russia. Exactly. You know, the West has. So, you know, it's not U.S. technology. Or nope. it's not British technology. It's all Ukrainian or it's all Soviet technology, I think. That they, well, they reconfigured. Yeah, they said that the last barrage of missiles from Russia were old Ukrainian missiles that the Ukrainians turned over in the last peace deal with them. Yeah, when the Ukrainians gave up their nukes for border security from Russia, and the U.S. was a signer of that too, I believe. Yeah, so... I bet they wish they'd kept those. <laughs> you know... I, I mean, everybody was scared of it, but everybody was scared because you want those to go rogue. <laughs> so it was good taking them off the board. From this is the some West perspective. earth shattering, yeah. groundbreaking news. Alameda had an unfair trading advantage in special assets access to FTX funds. Yeah. What? 
How, how, how could that possibly happen there? That's possible. They weren't front running people. No, no, never. No I am, way. I am sort of surprised now at just the sheer, just ineptitude at the front end. Yeah, and you know, it just again, I just, you know, everybody, some of these like you know, so so people that you know are like writers and stuff around the crypto space, they're all like cracking jokes about you know what we said yesterday that you know they were on QuickBooks, I think at the end or something. And so they're all joking. Oh, the VCs are all going to now be asking what accounting software you're on. And I'm like, the VCs are in there so early. They don't get that at that point. If they knew you were running QuickBooks when you were a $5 billion organization, it never got that big, you know, then they would be pissed. Exactly. But not at the front end. You know, it's like they're supposed to also be providing you people to like, you know, you, they put people on your board of directors that's supposed to be looking at these types of problems and fixing them. Yep. Like there's, you know, that have done it before. So again, I, I'm just shocked at the ineptitude all around here. Yeah. I mean, I'm not shocked, shocked, but I am shocked how big it was at the front end when everybody's supposed to be watching. Exactly. You know? so. uh, six, uh, I'm seeing differing numbers, but it looks like um, there was close to $7 billion in withdrawals from Binance yesterday. So all of the FUD guys were hyping the shit out of that. Uh, mm -hmm. last night and this morning. But of course, what they don't tell you is, is that the net withdrawals was 1.4 billion, which is not even in the top five days of withdrawals from Binance. So they're oh, so not showing the onboards at all. They're not showing the deposits, right? So everybody, they're working so hard to create this panic. And the funny thing was I listened to, I'm driving the kids to school this morning, which was fun for them. Uh, I was listening to a Twitter Spaces uh, AMA with uh, with CZ, and hmm. he's like, he's like, look, that was less than two percent of everything we have. He's like, and I, he's starting to get a little. I think he's getting so fucking annoyed with the fud that he's like, fuck it, because he went into this whole thing of look, we are the top dogs. You can go to a number two exchange and you can get number two or worse security and you can get number two or worse speed and number two or worse technology. But we have all the money we need to invest in security and speed and transactional safety and everything else. So it's up to you. You are welcome to withdraw your money. You can go to your wallet as long as you know how to secure your wallet properly. We tell everyone, always secure your wallet. We have a trust wallet. We don't make any money on trust wallet. 14 million people use it. Go use that. It's safe and secure, but you need to know how to manage it. You need to know how to handle it because there's probably more hacking on the wallet. I mean, he was just like not holding back this morning. I think he's I think he's done. Like, you know, just kind of. Yeah, I saw an exchange between he and, and your buddy Kramer. And, you know, Kramer <laughs> said something like yeah, he, that, he wasn't sure tongue in cheek or if he was literally saying it. But there was one where he said like one something like, oh, do you really believe this stuff of Binance is done. And the other was like, you know, something like I trust Binance or something like completely yeah. like that. And if that tweet was the one CZ responded to, like, don't fucking jinx us, you moron. <laughs> he was like, no, because he knows everything. He doesn't exactly. want anybody thinking Kramer's the giving Kramer him a fucking effect. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fucking yeah, horrendous. So I thought that was funny. So I haven't had time to read this yet, but my, you know, my my favorite senator. Uh, um, I wish uh, I had a picture of. I wish I had that. Rick Scott. I wish I had that deep fake video thing with Senator Warren's head on it. That would be fun. Oh, uh, I thought Rick Scott was your favorite. I'm sorry. Oh, Rick Scott is definitely that criminal is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm not using that word uh, in, in a hyperbolic way. The man is a criminal. His company stole hundreds of millions of dollars from the federal government uh, Medicare system. Yeah, um, they were convicted too. Yeah, they were convicted. And he took the fifth, I think it was 70 something times during his depositions and testimony. Um, he's a fucking criminal. The fact that, I mean, look, it, I, I'm not going to go off on that tirade. Well, it's on the books. It's not like it's speculating. Right. You just got to Google it and you can see, I think it was like 400, 454 sounds familiar to me, but some big number of Medicare, Medicaid fraud, Yep. And, you know, and they took a guilty conviction at the corporate level, just like the Trump organization took a couple weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. those Florida are like, man. and then yeah. what, what do Floridians do? Elect the motherfucker to fucking Senate. Yeah. Florida's, 
you know, I don't even judge it anymore. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's carnival barkers and charlatans down here. So, yeah. um, but that's part of the fun, right? Yeah. So this article not, about the bill not. is um, focused on Bitcoin because it's at uh, Bitcoin magazine, but essentially mm -hmm. um, it sounds like, again, I haven't read the whole thing, so I, I really feel bad reporting on it, but it is the breaking news this morning. Um, essentially it sounds like they're going, she wants to require uh, disclosures, KYCs, et cetera, for any wallet usage, that kind of shit. Um, custodial and self-custodial wallet providers and miners must implement know your customer systems. It would also prevent financial institutions from interacting with privacy tools such as CoinJoin in an effort to limit the ability of users to maintain their privacy. While the bill focuses on such measures in order to curb money laundering, tools such as CoinJoin simply restore the user's ability to use Bitcoin in a way that more closely resembles physical cash, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, it says, according to the bill, it also calls for a rule classifying custodial and unhosted wallet providers, cryptocurrency miners, validators, or other nodes who may act to validate or secure third-party transactions, independent network process participants, including MEV searchers and other validators with control over network protocols such as money service business, which would imply that Bitcoin nodes would be classified as such as well. So now... They're going, she's basically saying any fucking person that's providing any infrastructure for any cryptocurrency is um, a uh, money service business, which now requires licensing in each of the fucking 50 states, costs hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the attorneys to build it up for you. This woman. <laughs> Wait, well, I don't get, what is this? Is this something that she like, like it's a the piece bill of she introduced this morning? Oh. Yeah, good luck with that one. I mean, it's just not going to get through. Yeah, I mean, are, think you know what? I I never thought these words would come out of my mouth. I, I and, and I'm going to say this right now. I know, I know where you're going. I never, ever, thank. He's going in the R direction. Thank fucking God the Republicans control the Senate as it relates to this bill. Thank God. Well, well, they, what do you mean? Because they'll kill this thing. They're not going to. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they don't They're control the Senate. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. They're not yeah. going to give her a win. And and we've, you know, look, you look at Tom Emmers, who is, you know, a despicable human being on every other issue. I mean, he's he's my hero on crypto. So uh, that guy does not hold back on Gensler, man. He was all over him yesterday. Like and he told uh, Ray, uh, the current the CEO for uh, FTX, he told Ray, I want every note, detail, email, chat relating to the meetings between Gensler and uh, Sam Bakeman freed. So he's, he's not fucking around. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, look, I'm, we're talking, I'm not, I don't want to get into the SBF shit, but if you're talking about Warren introducing this and asking for all this, I don't see how, you, you know, it, it, it's like they're trying to get control of all the wallets. Okay. Right. And that's impossible. Exactly. Okay. You could have like maybe, um, you know, uh, you could compartment it, you know, as we've talked about in the past, maybe there's like a U.S. fenced in, you know, kind of like the, you know, this isn't a compliment, like the Chinese firewall, great firewall, but you could have a U.S. fenced in thing that just did regulate it. And if you were coming into that from anywhere else, you had to do something. But right. I mean, what they missed the boat on is that go ahead and build the little safe garden but shit, 99% of crypto is going to be out of the U.S. then. Yep. You know, running exactly. London and Singapore and Hong Kong and everywhere well, else. Well, what she's doing now, though, is she's she's forcing on end users KYC requirements, right? So now then the question becomes how she does this, enforces this with people that release downloadable wallets, Right. Um, and then you're, you can use an RPC node anywhere in the world you want. So if you're using MetaMask or another open source, the, the DeFi Llama fork of MetaMask or Robbie or whatever, they were, she, that's the, she, she, obviously she doesn't understand this well enough because they can't stop that. Right. We nah, download our wallet, VPN, connect to an VPN RPC node in another countries. country. Yep. 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 Yeah. yeah so. And it's just, it's not policeable. That's what makes it. It's just like a political statement. Go ahead. Niblet says, so Senator Warren, criminals will just keep using suitcases of cash in banks like HSBC. I think that's what she's going for now. I think she's- Deutsche Bank, HSBC, yeah. She'd rather, she'd rather we launder it in USD. I mean, look, it's USD, right? So that gives her control. She just gotta be, she just must be getting just inundated with all the retail whining about how they lost money in something and 
and she's on this protect the consumer binge. But on the warpath, she's not getting all the info. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this this is just too much. I listen. I think she's smart enough to understand. I think she knows she's lying in the Senate when she says the shit she says. I think she knows she's lying. I think she's bald faced lying to manipulate public opinion because she wants to have control of the money. She's just like Brad Sherman. She's scared to death of the U.S. dollar losing control of the world. The U.S. dollar is not going to lose control of the world via cryptocurrencies. That's a long fucking way off. So, you know, it's it's just, I don't know, anyway. Well, it could be, you're right. But it could be left behind in certain aspects of innovation, which I think are the more important things. We talk about maintaining technology leadership, and we talked a little about this the other day in regards to, like, chips and quantum and, gravity physics and all these different things that, you know, we're just not giving away the foundations of for free anymore. Well, this is the same thing. You know, if you don't go high tech on, you know, the capital front to where you can increase capital efficiency, that is the market allocating capital to approach to worthy projects. You want that faster. You don't want to take months. You don't want to be taking a week to get a home equity loan. You know, you want to do it in five seconds. Um, all of these things that increase the, velo- increase the velocity of capital are going to define the, this, the rest of this century and the next one. Yep. So if you basically, you know, just fully sanitize it and put a regulatory cap on everything, we're not going to get that innovation. And so that's why I'm pretty sure the other guys that are much more aligned on economic and growth stuff in the Senate will just crush this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Timecoin yeah. is number one in gains in the last 24 hours, Joe. I saw that again. I see that every morning for the last three days, I think. And I'm like, damn. Um, what's it at? 270 now or something? 261. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Was there I, any I more news thinking, yesterday? I didn't see any, but I was. I don't there was think an did anything. There was a little discussion going on on LinkedIn amongst the lawyers, that, you know, Lewis and uh, Josh and them. And, uh, you know, pulling up a letter from 2020 regarding Ton. And so I, didn't, I don't know if they answer applied yet, but because I'm not like in LinkedIn all the time. But, you know, I was curious how because we all remember the ICO that was pulled um, where, you know, they got the money, but then they returned it because they didn't want to get into securities issues. And then there was some letter that was written from the CFTC in 20. And now ton is out, you know, doing this. And so what I'm curious about is what's different from this to the last? Is it just the, the money raise side? Did they do a raise for this? And so I asked for some clarification and, and I haven't seen well, it yet. I but. mean, the, 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 the original thing was that they raised a billion dollars and right. uh, security, yada, yada, yada. So the SEC said, stop, stop. You can't do that. So he handed over the code open source. I don't think they can do much about anything now. Um, you know, Telegram oh, yeah. can build on the platform and Telegram's blocking U.S. investors. So, you know, they're going to have a shit time trying to get Durov now. Um, when he handed it over and let somebody build it open source. So um, unless they try yeah. to get him for being the originator of the code, which they could relative to like, you know, jailing developers like they are with tornado, tornado cash. So uh, who knows? Um, I'm looking yeah, at their, but this doesn't... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm looking at their announcements channel on Telegram, by the way, which has 582,000 subscribers uh, for a ton. And uh, there was a new Dex that launched yesterday. Mm. Um, and uh, crypto exchange BitGet announced a listing of Toncoin, but it's oh, I didn't, I've never heard of BitGet. It says it's a top fifteen platform on uh, Coin Market Cap. It's interesting. Wow, I mean, look, this can be. I'm oh, telling you, this is going to be bigger than Stellar, Cardano, Tron, all those. You know zombies from 17 and i'm sorry i'm not picking on anybody who's holding that um yeah. i used to have a ton of it but i just think this has all i mean i just keep thinking if you're running a close well a network like this and you start somehow deploying exchanges and stuff within that network and all the privacy stuff that's already built in i mean it's just another nice layer of security yeah. and to me and then as you harp talk about constantly we i do a little bit you do mostly the size of that damn community I mean, every every token has two or three channels in there. Yeah. You know, there's the official announcements channel, then there's the unofficial, you know, hype channel, and then there's, you know, other forks of those in the different, you know, subtopics. But it's the natural place for all this. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I'm excited about it. I don't own any. 
So don't get me wrong. I don't own any yet, but, um, Joe's you know, waiting, it is Joe's waiting for the top. <laughs> That's right, man. Buy high, sell low, baby. Look at this. I think this is the number for this pump. This is the reason for the pump. This bit gets a number 11, uh, exchange ranking and has a pretty decent 6.1 ranking, uh, on coin market cap, half a billion in volume in the last 24 hours. So mm. I, I'm betting, let's see what the volume was on ton. Wait, and wasn't that half a billion down 33%? Uh, overall volume? Let me see. Check that. Go back one second. Yeah, down you're 30, right. Yeah. Down 30, but all volumes are down. Yeah, but so that means they were doing like 800 billion yeah. the day before, a million the day before. Exactly. Yeah, compared to all the other numbers there. And I bet a lot of that is ton, like you said. I'm trying to see. Uh, looks like Coin Market Cap hasn't updated the listing to show uh, ton on the list yet. Oh, there it is. No. <laughs> what did no. you say? One hundred forty-seven thousand. Is all the volume? Yeah. Now this well, may that... be through last night or this morning. I don't know when. Uh... Oh, this is probably from to seven o'clock last night. Uh, okay. For the Twenty-four hour window. So. Okay. Um, can you go know. back a day? Can you possibly go back? It wasn't on, to... I don't think it was on there the day before. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it joined. It hit today. It launched. It released. It, oh no! So it's just hitting the the exchange today. So okay. Yeah. So that's what everybody's buying into. I, is everybody's the pumping it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's like so, pricing on it. Oh. Amazing! Amazing! What's uh, Nibbles saying? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Yeah. If tokens are all ultimately priced in USDs, that's like pricing oil in USDs and gives the US economy the best possible position. She should embrace it. Yes, she fucking should embrace it. It's not going to change anytime soon. You know, the whole great awakening to crypto where that everything's denominated in Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever is not happening anytime soon, people. Um, and she's here it is, right? It's this. Um, it's always the same in these technology technological advancements. People are so desperate and scared of losing control that they don't realize that they flip and embrace the tech advancement that they will gain even more control. Right? If if you embrace it, if you foster it, if you grow it, if you encourage people to develop it in your country, this is the fucking financial system. And you say, hey, we're going to be. We're going to be transparent. We're going to open it up. We're going to use blockchain for our financial applications for the economy. That is the kind of shit that gives you more control over the financial system, not less. And instead, they're so scared and desperate um, that they're, you know, afraid well, to let anything upset. It's like they're, yeah, they're trying to channel or coax it in one direction versus just letting market forces thrive. Yeah, And when you do that and it unleashes everybody's innovation, you get much better product and you get better like scrum and better triage at the front end and better commercialization and better stuff coming out for commercialization. Yeah. It's, it, it's illogical. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so look, if you think about, you know, dollar supremacy, let's say, and then it's everything. Is Warren, you're fired. Oh, <laughs> uh, you look. Oh, that is a funny looking thing, dude. The deep fake one. I can't. It's like, yeah, it's very yes. um, it's a little multi spirited. It's, it's multi spirited. Let's put it that way. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I, it's kind of like it looks like a girl's face, baby girl's face, and it also looks like a boy's face, and it also looks like your face. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Not your face, but I mean, just the whole like creepiness of it all. Yeah. Um, but look, the point is, if you know, if you're talking about velocity of capital, which is why people come to the U.S. for the most part, business types is the yeah. most efficient capital markets in the world. Um, yeah. You know, some might argue it's other cities, but um, the bulk would come here. So you have to be in the platform that's going to be the future platform. And like you said, dollar crypto doesn't necessarily end dollar supremacy or Western yeah. currency supremacy or whatever we want to call it. Not at all. Or the order of it. It bolsters it. Exactly. And it disseminates it further out into other into the microfinance markets in Africa and South Asia and places like that, South America, that all they want, you know, is to get access to dollars um, because their local currencies are, you know, very volatile, very crypto like. So to me, I think if you're giving someone exposure to dollars in, let's say, you know, El Salvador, you know, where they are already going hardcore. I mean, they already do dollars. It's not a good example, but. The point is, if you go somewhere like uh, the Congo, deep Congo, um, you know, 
you basically start bringing more people into the platform at the micro level uh, right. versus the governments. And I think right. if we want these governments to be more, and I, I use parliamentary democracy because I think European democracy is a better model for most of these places than American democracy um, for a variety of historical reasons. Um, but I think if you can stimulate that at the grassroots level, the tribal level, let's say, that then that could turn into something over 20 or 30 years um, where people are comfortable. And then that just extends the platform, um, which is what I would think all these people would want. Totally agree. Hey, my, uh, my, uh, I interviewed um, Eden Yago from uh, Sovereign several months ago. going to get an interview back with again because um, they have a, a protocol, zero protocol, which is zero interest rate loans uh, on Bitcoin. They are a uh, layer two Bitcoin DeFi platform, similar to Stacks. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. They've been going longer. They have more hardcore kind of integration levels with Bitcoin. Um, and the team is a bit more um, maxi, I would say. Um, but reasonable, not crazy toxic. Uh, but I'm really glad to see them growing, right? So 10 million yeah. TVL doesn't sound like a shit ton to us with everything that's going on in DeFi. But for this project, slow growth, careful. They're, you know, they're always working to try to be safe. Um, this is a nice number. And so I'm really happy to see them uh, accomplish this. And so it's been so long since I interviewed him. I'm going to uh, get him back on the show and... Um, uh, kind of talk about what they're up to, what they've been doing with Sovereign. Because Sovereign is more than just this loan protocol. It's a full-blown chain, uh, smart contract language, can be built, settles on Bitcoin, just like Stacks, all of that good stuff. Um, but um, glad to see the glad to see the good news for Sovereign because um, I think they do good work and I like those guys over there. So Yeah. No, we're, so we follow over there um, Sovereign, Stacks, and what was the one that yeah, Sean that brought up? Collider. Oh. Collider, uh, Collider is not Collider is just a uh, application. Um, it's a centralized application, but it uses okay. lightning. It uses lightning wallets. Lightning, that's right. right? So it. the transactions into their uh, perpetual swaps tool can uh, use the lightning network. And the other thing that Sean, well, the thing that Sean most likes about it is it's something he's wanted to do for a long time, which is building a stable coin off of a perpetual inverse swap model. So yeah. utilizing that to stabilize a stable coin. And he, he is convinced that it's the only way uh, to stable, to create a true stable coin, algorithmic stable coin is using a perpetual swap mechanism. We could, he wants to talk tomorrow about Binance. We'll also have him talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. Yeah. Um, not yeah. tomorrow. Wait, what's today? Today, Wednesday? Yeah, today's Wednesday. So tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Well, I guess my question is then, um, you know, it seems to me that that kind of like, how, I guess what I'm getting at is I agree with them that I think that this perp-based stables just make a ton of sense. Um, yeah. But what I was going to ask you about, you know, these guys better than I, but say like the Frax guys and, you know, their algorithmic stable, how are they calculating that? Do you know? I mean, um, it's not based, of course, but it's, it's no, it's not. Look, it's it's collateralization, which is yeah. uh, a big part of what Frax do does. And it's um, oh, I've got this preview of the baby up. It's kind of disconcerting. Um, and uh <laughs> The one that was wigging me out. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm not going to wait a minute. Let me just pull this up because if I, if I speak to how it functions, uh, we're going to, I'm going to. Yeah. We don't want to misspeak. We cover so many protocols and yeah. things. Uh, essentially um, the collateral ratio lowers and raises based on whether it's over or ab a below $1. Right. Um, okay. So the mechanism for reducing and increasing the collateral level, I have no idea. Okay. That's what price is it. It's a stable. Okay. Yeah. So it must just be somehow, well, yeah, we don't want to drill in too deep, but I, I think, I think, cause that's something that um, I think, well, I don't want to say I like those guys at Frax. Okay. So yeah. I'm not trying to say anything negative, but I think that the, I'm more, I'm kind of intrigued by the collider, the perp concept a little bit better at this point. Oh yeah. That's it. I forgot. It's Frax shares mm -hmm. FXS that, that uh, mediates the price, right? So it's the supply of FXS that goes up and down based on the price of Frax. So they took two models, why that couldn't come into my brain. They took two models right. of stable coins and combined them together. Uh, so it's collateralization with the dynamics of utilizing FXX to stabilize the price around a dollar. So supply and demand, increase, decrease, et cetera. 
So um, what, I'll post a link in the system for an explanation of exactly how it functions. You see Niblet's comment? I did, I did not. Where is he? He wants to compare it with the credit-based tables like Beanstalk. Uh, well, Beanstalk is based on lending and borrow. I mean, borrowing and lending and, um, completely different from what I understand between the two. Um, they're basically competitive in the algorithmic stablecoin space, but they're using two different ways to, to value, which is kind of interesting. Exactly. And both have had, both have had great success. Frax at a much larger scale because Beanstalk had the governance exploit. They, their, their algorithm was never exploited. Um, well, and their algorithm has been tested the shit out of it um, with people dumping. Um, so that's worked and been very effective. Um, but they have not neared nearly the volume uh, or transaction volume that Frax has. Cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'll ask a question real quick. Um, so is it possible? So we have one group, Frax, they doing it with, um, you know, I guess collateral reserves around it. The other doing credit based, Collider doing perp based. I mean, is there any way to combine those three methods where you average the three outputs to have three points to triangulate the value of a stable coin? I think that would be so highly complex that it would make it vulnerable, vulnerable to some attack mechanism. Um, but the person I would ask to come talk about that would be Eamon. Uh, yeah. Because he. He worked within the Beanstalk e ecosystem. He understands mm. these models far better than I do. Um, so maybe we should have Eamon come on. Eamon, if you're listening, we haven't had any comments from you today, but if you're listening, uh, ping me. I'll ping you on Telegram. Uh, we'd love to have you come on and talk about the different stablecoin models. Yeah, maybe that, yeah, maybe you can't do it all in one protocol, but what if you had like, different engines like a kayak of sorts you know where you're aggregating the outputs of like maybe if somebody could develop something where you could calculate stable coin value in different mode or different mode out different ways to sort of you know have some diversification of value creating of the value i guess uh setting approach but then you're averaging three points now um yeah. which would be even more accurate but i don't know if that has to be like three different things that then you would average the output or if you could put all three uh load balancing things in one algorithm that's, that's i don't what i don't know. i don't think there would be any oh i should shouldn't say that there's somebody smart enough to figure that out but from my yeah. perspective the the you know you, you're basically in all of these cases having some opposing force that's that's either increasing supply yeah. of something to push down the price increasing supply of something to push up price um, but there's always these like two opposing mechanisms to hold that price around a dollar, right? And if you had in the mix multiple opposing pr things happening, I'm not sure that that would be successful. But what do I know? Um, well, Nicholas says, yeah, related, you're right. Related, if an assets whose price increases is a security, then what about assets with stable price but increases holder value with more tokens? Are stables securities? Um, no, but like in the case of Frax, there, you know, FXS was uh, released as the mechanism token, and it also um, has the expectation of value uh, increase over time, I think. So I think that would make it securities, but I don't think it would make the stablecoin a security because there's no, there's no, um, there's no pitch to investors that, hey, buy a bunch of fracks, it's going to be worth a lot more into one day. Right? Yeah, I think that you know, when it increases holder value with more tokens, to me, that's more of like an interest rate yeah. uh, payment. I think that's how they would look at it. But I don't think it makes the stable coin a security. But stable coins, you know, <laughs> there's a whole different type of regulation there. Because if yeah. you want to talk about dollar supremacy again, this is their first tier targets are stable coins. Exactly. Um, so, you know, the securities thing wouldn't be your big risk point there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, stumbled onto this new project called, well, I don't know if it's new or not, but I stumbled onto this new to me project called astral.pro. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a tool that, and I found it because I was looking at infrastructure projects. Um, but this is a tool that allows you to come in and see projects. Um, so they have stuff like, you know, money raised and how much they raised and how new it is, et cetera, et cetera. But you can define them by, you can filter them by different categories. So this is the web three category. 
Um, this is the infrastructure category. And this is a project I found that I'm taking a deeper dive into called Nilion, which is a decentralized infrastructure provider for data, et cetera, that um, is not a blockchain, but is in discussions with several blockchains to be the data storage provider for them because it's a high performance, truly decentralized encrypted data storage mechanism that is a network. So it's not like it's using AWS or whatever. Um, but anyway, that's how I found Nillion, this project here uh, on the list. But this is a really cool tool to allow you to filter. Look, there's none in gambling. Um, allow you to filter projects that might be in DeFi. They might be in you know, specific categories in DeFi, lending, et cetera. It's a really nicely done tool. So it's astrol.pro, astrol.pro. Really, really nicely done tool for doing research on projects, things you might want to invest in, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it's all oriented to uh, fundraising and them being newer projects for the most part. That's cool, man. Good find. You know me, man. Finding the toys. Always finding the toys. Um, right. You posted up these uh, tweets from at Jack. Uh, Jack has a lot of regrets. <laughs> what does it say? Well, he did this whole long post um, about the fact that he really fucked up at Twitter. He wished he'd done things differently, yada, yada, yada. Oh, the Twitter yeah. file shit, yeah. Yeah, he wished he had focused more on um, autonomy than on beefing up uh, security and safety people. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. The other day, I'm going to dox myself if he, I don't think he listens. So I don't think it matters. The other day I um, uh, reported an account on Twitter that was doing like, it's in the DeFi space and he's in it. He was a, 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 an executive level person at a project that I liked and um, um, has a lot of followers and just ranting and raving anti-Semitic bullshit, like non fucking stop, nonstop, like nonstop. And he happens to be Muslim and um, he rages about Israel a lot, but he, but that week he decided he was going to raise about rage about Jews in general. So I reported him and it took a week. Usually when used to, used to be when you reported an account, you get notification, but I got a response back that his account was suspended. Um, so, I don't know what happened to all that free speech, but I will say this. They're still policing things based on the rules they had previously. Anyway, Jack is going off about all of this stuff um, and how he would do things differently and how he would build a better network. And the only reason I bring this up is, um, well, number one, Joe sent it to me. But number two, he also tweeted about uh, somebody who's built a decentralized platform for social media that um, gets around some of the problems with Mastodon and some of the other protocols it has some interesting solutions to it, but he also don't forget is building his own uh, the at protocol for um, blue sky, his project. So I, I think bottom line is this, we're going to see a lot of solutions come out of the gate for replacing Twitter and making it autonomous and open source, et cetera, et cetera. The problem is always going to be, People don't have time. People are so addicted to Twitter and investing so much time in it and they're using it to build their careers or their business that they're not going to be able to invest the amount of time in five other social networks. It's just not doable. Yeah. Not I can't easy. even get to LinkedIn. No. Yeah, hardly. To, exactly. Exactly. And I had a bunch of engagement on LinkedIn the other day from the show and I'm like- Me too. And I'm like, oh man, I really don't want to put time into fucking LinkedIn. But- but I think it's going to have to be a catastrophic event for people to jump from Twitter. And then you're still not going to have critical mass at any one of the alternatives. You know, yeah. those are the decentralized alternatives. And there's this new alternative that's centralized called post. And there's a bunch of others. And, and at the end of the day, I don't think anything's going to get any real traction until Twitter fails. Right. I, I just, I don't think it's. Gonna mm -hmm. Well, I think what's puzzling sometimes is, you know, I see a lot of people out there with, you know, 10 million followers, 2 million followers. And I see their tweets and they get like one like, you know, on with all those followers. And I'm kind of like, you know, I mean, I got a lot less followers than that. Okay. <laughs> and I, I get a couple likes too, you know, every now and then. So I don't get what 
is there really a ton of engagement going on there? I, I just don't see how you have that many followers and nobody, I mean, I know there's a lot of well, fake followers. Of yeah. Course, that's but. a lot of fake followers. Um, look, I mean, there are, there are accounts that get a ton of engagement and then there are accounts that have very little, even though they have a lot of followers. Sometimes that's because they had a tweet go viral and mm. everybody followed them because of that tweet. And then after that, there was nothing worse shit that came out of their feed, you know? So that happens. But look, I mean, you'll see there, there are, other influencers with lots of followers that have a ton of engagement on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Build, like I said, people are building their entire businesses uh, based on their persona on Twitter. So anyway. Um, yeah. I just don't know. Else? Look, look, from, did I mute myself? No, no, you're good. Oh no. Okay. Um, you know, to me it has, well, I have to be careful with it because if I just sit there strolling through it, you know, and I'm killing time, all of a sudden, you know, 45 minutes have gone by, but yeah. I, and it, you know, I don't come out of it in any kind of like, you know, zen out space. Let's put it that way. Take the next thing. Usually are coming out of there with some heavy emotions flying, whatever, or a suppression of them. But exactly. I do notice I learn so much from different people. Um, and the ones that I don't like that are just talking stupid shit, I just block. Not because I don't want to smoke, well, because I don't want to see it, because I think right. it's useless. I just don't care. You know, I, I get my opinions from other places, not necessarily Twitter, but Twitter right. fills in the knowledge gaps in there, which I kind of like. But it has to be, you know, people that know what they're talking about somewhat. Or you better be listening to 25 people and create your own opinion. Um, that's the only downside I see. But, I, you know, other than that, the, you know, the bullying, the storming, all of that, I just the coordinated bot attacks, you know, that's that to me, I think that's something that you can't take that personal. Exactly. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta like block everybody and move on or, you know, just ignore it. Yep. Um, and that's the downside. Now, if you don't have thick enough skin and I don't particularly go out there lobbing flame balls at people, but I do throw a little tongue in cheek stuff out there occasionally. And, and I don't get rage attacked by it. You know, I actually get some engagement. So I think that there's a lot of value here. I just think yeah. people either hate Musk so much or, you know, hate the Trump ban so much. Or hate the supposed, I mean, I just can't even say this with a straight face, but, you know, liberal domination of Twitter, end quote. You know, I mean, it's just not there. And so to me, I think it just has to get to that next level where all the animosity is gone. Um, and then people can just argue. Yep. Absolutely. Or discuss, discuss, you know. Discuss, discuss, discussed, discuss. Uh, yeah. Coin Center has analyzed Senator Warren's bill, and this just came out. And I love their headlines. I love Coin Center. Give Coin Center money. If you haven't given Coin Center money, give them money. They have a really cool Bitcoin T-shirt they'll send you, which is fucking awesome. I have like three of them. I love them. Um, uh, the Digital Asset Anti-Money Laundering Act is an opportunistic, unconstitutional assault on cryptocurrency, self-custody developers, and node operators. Yeah. There you go. I mean... Look, I mean, freedom of privacy, castle doctrine, all that stuff. I mean, whatever happened to all this stuff? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, we're supposed to have, you know, privacy. Well, and by so, the way, Senator Warren, if you start fucking knocking around with privacy and constitutional rights issues, um, you do know where those, why that was a Supreme Court decision to protect privacy. It was interracial marriage. So, you know. Go ahead, Senator Warren. You want to take that on? Good luck with that. That's gonna um, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, no, I think it's you know I think I don't even remember what amendment it is, but I think it's the Fourth Amendment in the Bill of Rights. Maybe it's the right to privacy. I mean, of course, it was originally read, written to keep British soldiers from you know quartering your house and coming in and saying, "Oh, yeah. I'm living here now." But you know, it's expanded over the years to mean general. You know, in your house is your domain. Well, it's up to dispute the whole idea of full privacy right to privacy right. right it was only your property but it was in, uh, encoded is the wrong word but the supreme court validated the actual basic right to privacy based on uh interracial marriage back in the yeah. 50s so everything's always gray though you're right it's always a sliding scale everybody's trying to interpret um different shizzy things but yeah <laughs> shizzy says senator karen is the absolute worst dude you're not kidding well, that's she great I all, heard she that the, I love all she needs is the haircut. She'll be good. So, yeah. all right, dude, let's wrap it up. I got shit to Me do. Too. Me too, okay. man. Me too. 
Look, uh, Fed's coming out at 2.30. I think everybody's expecting 50. I think it's a non-event. Um, guides it after that. Or, yeah, I think it's 2.30, right? Yeah. Um, whenever it comes out later today. Look, it's just going to lead to the same thing that's already going on, um, which is I think we're going to hit a pause here. And yeah. you know, maybe a quarter point next quarter or something like that. But I think everybody's watching because the work's having its effect on the drivers of inflation. Um, so that's the big thing. To me, um, you know, this week, but, you know, obviously all the other stuff have FXS and SBF and now this Senator Karen legislation. I mean, to me, it's stuff to be watched, but I do feel like we're coming out of it yeah. to me at this point. I mean, Bitcoin's up, ETH's up. I mean, what's Bitcoin's almost to 18, right? It's over. Eight. It was over 18 yeah. when we started the show. That's right. Right. It was. So, you know, I mean, ETH's above 1300, I believe. Yes, so. Sir. You know, we got stuff moving. So, you know, stay confident here. Um, you know, this is not the time to be panicking. It's just to watch and take good opportunities. Yes. Everything's coming up green, Joe. Look at that. You've, you've, it's, your, it's your magic touch, man. Look, we don't get down to uh, Monero's down. Serum's down. Yeah. Hedera's down. Everything else is... Oh, but Phantom's been moving nice. Um, I've been noticing a lot of intention at OKX again. Um, you know, they're kind of trying to raise their marketing profile. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Well, and they're not KYCing, experience. by the way. You can go in there without KYC and remove, I think it's a deposit or remove 50 Bitcoin a day. So Only 50? Uh, I, think 50. <laughs> I know, Joe. I know it's a restriction. 50 under. each? Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's yeah. a restriction. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe 50 is down. Is Canto down? I haven't even looked at Canto. I don't ever it has been down a little bit in the teens. I haven't really looked at it last week, though. 1.74% in the last 24 hours. 30 days down 21%. It's at 14. The... I'm, I'm good yeah. with that. I'm good with that because I'm printing it. Look, I've been getting between 300 and 1,400% on Canto. Oh, by the way, I interviewed um, the original contributing founder of Canto last night, Scott Lewis, and that's going to hit next uh, Tuesday. That episode. Oh, good. Excellent. Uh, really good interview. I love the way this guy thinks. I love why he's doing what he's doing and why he built Canto. And we talked about some of the things that have kind of come out of it um, from because from his approach, he's very much a incentives tokenomics kind of guy. Like that's what he does. And um, we talked a lot about how some of the experiments he's done launching Canto have turned out mostly successful. Um, and, it, when, and he admits fully going in that he wasn't even sure the shit was going to work the way he hoped it would. Um, so Canto's a big experiment. Everybody treat it like that. But, um, you know, in, in these early months, the yields are going to be very strong from the lending protocol. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just stacking up Canto. So. Well, look, the, 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 the people who I've, who I've seen make the most money in crypto over the last six years are the ones who get into a protocol like this early and then never sell. Yeah. I mean, I saw it with one of the guys at Doki last year or the year before where he's got in early and banked those 600% yields for months in the, uh, you know, with the liquidity pools. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this guy got up over, I mean, I've heard numbers higher than $50 million from a quarter million. And, you know, I'm sure he's given a lot of that back <laughs> since then. But still, that's the way you do it. Now, I don't know. I mean, we know one of these guys and now Paul Lewis. Um, this is one that, you know, I, I mean, I, have, I don't have a lot. I have some. But, um, you know, it's the type of thing. It's like, it's like the other ones, you know, that you find in these, like, low digits. And you just hold them. And then eventually, hopefully, it pops one day. Um, you know, so I, I'm a big, firm believer in the early stuff for the next cycle. And Canto, let's not forget, fully decentralized. Right, Brad? Yeah. I mean, look, there are yeah. some issues with, I don't want to completely say that. I mean, look, the contributors. I guess there's no absolute. Yeah, the yeah. founding contributors have, have big chunks of, of tokens right now. So they basically can control governance if they want to. They're not um, necessarily doing that, but there's a lot of way to go. We talk about that uh, on the show. Um, Niblets asked mm. how, how I was getting to 1400%. Niblets, uh, I'm taking even more of a chance uh, with a protocol that came out of one of the hackathons called Y2R.Finance, and they just do frequent compounding on the lending uh, automated. So uh, Y2R.Finance, it's on the screen right now, and you can see the uh, screen of it. Currently, Canto Notes sitting at uh, 844%, uh, and the Canto uh, lending mechanism in on the, on the root decks is sitting at... 
Let me tell you, hold on one second. Canto note is sitting at, um, I think like 290%. Last week I was getting for at least a week, week and a half, I was getting uh, 14, 12 to 1400% uh, printing Canto. And then I'm just dividing it up. I'm taking 25% back into this because I don't know anything about the founders of Y2R and 75% I'm putting back into the lending protocol. And then I've got staking going on. And so uh, on the staking protocol, I'm just re- uh, compounding staking constantly. It's only paying 27%, but I like to keep, I like to keep, uh, well, Brad, when it's pay, that 27% is the APR or the APY? Uh, that APR, uh, uh, I believe it's APR. Hold on. Yeah. Cause then you're using your compounder to exactly. compound that like every hour, let's say. And that takes it up to probably in the, you know, 700% range is my guess. Yeah. APR 27.223%. Yeah, and I'm compounding that uh, every couple of days. So. Oh, every couple of days. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, just Google up a compounding calculator on the internet. They're everywhere. And then you basically put that APR in at 27% and run scenarios over a year. If it was compounded every hour, what would happen? Right. If it was every day. Well, we did this last, well, two, sum two summers ago, we were doing it a lot. Yeah. But um, I haven't been doing it much lately, but there's so many ways to accelerate it. And you just got to let it sit. Shizzy again, says, how can you get rich if you never sell? Laughing out loud. I, I, I will eventually sell. This is a project I just believe yeah. in the experiment. And so for me, it's like, look, if it succeeds, cool. I, I, I'll have a ton of value and I'll sell off some later. And there's all these kinds of, I mean, if you look at, they're doing monthly hackathons. And so far, three hackathons in has not disappointed with people actually innovating and building really cool shit for this chain. And that says a lot to me. Um, and the mechanism, um, the revenue sharing mechanism that's coming into play, they just finished the first audit. They're doing the fixes from the audit. So I think they're probably a month or two away. But the model is this. If you deploy a protocol on Canto that doesn't charge fees, it's only the gas fees, the Canto gas fees, you will get a percentage of the revenue coming out of all of the transactions that your protocol uh, the gas fees that your protocol creates. Um, and the cool thing about it is you, as a developer, you can deploy a protocol, have a revenue stream, you'll get an NFT and there'll be a mechanism to borrow against the NFT. So you can start another protocol, right? So I like the whole incentives align. I like, you know, you don't have to deploy a protocol without fees. You can have fees on your protocol. It's, it's, it's not, it's not required, but I like the incentive alignment for it. So for me, this is just a big experimental play. I like what they're doing. And, and, I, and it's highly risky. It may fail completely. It's a brand new blockchain. It's only five months old. But for me, I like the ethos of it. I like what they're trying to accomplish. I like getting rid of rent seeking. I like the idea of having engines that are part of the layer one. And so for me, it's, it's, it's a big experiment. If it succeeds, yeah, maybe I make some nice money. If it fails, I don't have anything to lose because I just like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Izzy says, yeah, I have been accumulating. The 25% of developers is amazing. You'll see a lot of EVM devs coming over. I think so too. And I think the cool thing about it is it's not just the 25%. There are a lot of kind of EVM devs out there that get this idea of no rent seeking and would love to deploy a protocol that didn't do it, but also made them money. And to me, that's, that's why I like the model. So, so this is essentially knocking out an expense and adding a revenue stream for everybody who would launch on this protocol. Yeah, essentially, you're saying to my, you're, you're saying to your users, you don't have to pay anything to use this except for the normal gas fees that the network would charge you, because I want to create something cool that people can use without having to pay extra fees just to use it, and then mm -hmm. I get twenty five percent of the gas fees that get generated from using it, right? As a developer, I like right. that. Yeah. yeah, and then I can borrow against future fees, future gas um, via an NFT to build something else. So I want to hire a developer. I want to, you know, do some marketing. I want to grow it, whatever. And the other thing that this does then is it says, well, look, the more money I make, I make more money the more people are using my protocol. So anything I can get to get more people into Canto and into my protocol, I'll do it. Right. So now the community is aligned. The developers are aligned. Yeah. You know, chain is aligned. So. I, I like it. I like the experiment. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. There are plenty of experiments to go put your money into. Um, I wouldn't put any money into Canto that you're not, a, you know, afraid to, afraid to lose or you don't want to lose. That you're, exactly. Exactly. Or that you can't lose. Can't lose. You don't exactly. want it. For me, it's a, it's just a fun thing. I also got a big airdrop because I worked in the, helped them in the test net. So I got a big airdrop from, from that. 
Um, and so I'm playing with that money as well. I haven't added a ton of my own money, um, but I like it. I like it. So Yeah, look, it's the kind of thing you bet on, basically, and exactly. on execution. And the, fact, the difference here is instead of just going and like throwing a dart at a board of token listings and going, oh, yeah, dick token. You know, this is one where, you know, Brad's interviewed these guys and has talked to them. And I'm not saying that's a validation of anything that they could do, but it's not a black box of who's in there. Yeah. You know, he has somewhat of an inclination or the market has somewhat of an inclination of who's in there um, and their reputations that precede them on this. So. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that we try. It's, it's, a, it's a critical thing in crypto. It's also the hardest thing to do because, you know, you don't have like, um, what was that group for equities, like advisory board or shareholder advisory board where they rate the management teams and yep. vet them and dig due diligence. This is as close as you can get to that in crypto. So I think that's, you know, one of the things why Brad likes it so much. Absolutely. All right, dude. Well, I'm out. Me too. We got to go. Niblets, she's uh, just Niblets and Shizzy today, right? Niblets and Shizzy, thank you for participating. Love you and appreciate you. Glad you're here. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, subscribe. Make sure you get the latest episodes. If you're listening on YouTube, please click that thumbs up. Give us a little boost in the algorithm so more people find out about us. Subscribe and click the little bell so that you get notified when a new episode's coming out. I hope everyone has a wonderful afternoon, Joe. I hope you have one as well. You too, buddy. And thanks, everyone. Um, should be exciting this afternoon, and we'll catch up on it tomorrow. All right, buddy. Have a good one. You too, man. Later. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm.